Okay, another episode of Death by Bungie. You may have already listened to part one of this. Our hunter numbers in decline. Declining hunter numbers and what to do about it. You may have already heard that other podcast, but this is a follow-up to it. I am also recording this one on February 9th, 2020. So you have an idea as to how timely this episode is. It is a timely topic. I don't think if you're listening to this topic uh, a year from now, two years from now, that you're going to be any less interested in it. It probably, unfortunately, will continue to be a relevant topic. I quoted from a Washington Post article called Hunting is Slowly Dying Off and That Has Created a Crisis for the Nation's Public Lands. And essentially the gist of that article was, and there's a lot of inner information that I gave in that last podcast and talking about it, but I like to break these podcasts up. At least I'm trying to keep these shorter, half an hour or less. And the reason I want to do that is, to me, that's the right length of time, the right length of a podcast for you to listen to it on a walk, listen to it on a way back and forth to work in your car or what have you. If you're listening to these on a computer, which you're probably doing it wrong, if you're listening to them on a computer, you should be listening to them through your phone on a podcast app because that will automatically update you. But the way that you listen to podcasts is up to you, of course. But I wanted to point out that these things will automatically update if you are using a podcast app. And that way, when a new one comes out, you don't have to rely on Facebook to tell you, a friend to tell you. You don't have to go back and look or anything like that. Your phone will automatically let you know if you set it up that way. That's how I listen to my podcasts anyway. But that other one, I talked a little bit in that one about how hunter numbers are affecting the ability of game commissions and departments of natural resources to take care of invasive species, to take care of their native wildlife, and do all of that which they seek to do. Because as num hunter license sales go down, so does the amount of money that they get from that. So they have fewer funds available to spend on those activities. And I gave some ideas in there about how the crossbow can benefit that and how places like Wisconsin, where they're even considering dialing back crossbow opportunity, that is insane at a time when their hunter license numbers are down, their hunter, their license sales are down. Why would you want to discourage people from entering the woods with their crossbows? This episode, I want to talk a little bit more about this concept of declining hunter numbers. And does it mean that hunting itself is in decline? Now, if the number sales are going down, right, the license sales are going down, then of course it means that hunter numbers are in decline, right? I talked before about how Pennsylvania's seen a pretty significant decrease in license sales. 2008, there were 926,000, 927,000 or so, and we're down to 855,000 in 2018, 10 years later. So that's a decrease, significant decrease, but it's not as though it's been cut in half in the last 10 years or anything like that. I think it's important to put it in perspective, not just based on those numbers, but also based on other activities. To me, hunting is an activity, much like anything else that people do in their spare time. And a friend of mine commented not too long ago, he lives out in Arizona, he's also a hunter, but he commented to me a while back that things like tennis numbers, you know, he plays tennis to, to keep in shape, very common, popular activity in Arizona. But they have trouble filling their tennis courts with people to take part in their tennis competitions because people just aren't playing as much tennis. And I looked it up. 
I actually went on Google, typed it in, looked it up, and sure enough, tennis numbers are in decline. One of the reasons being that tennis is a sport that demands a certain level of hand-eye coordination, agility, physical fitness, and those things go downhill the older you get. Um, it's just harder to play tennis when you're older than it is when you're younger. Uh, you know, the, the older you get, it just gets harder to play tennis. Sure, you can stay in shape and, and play tennis into your 80s if you want to. I, mean, I know that's a fact, but it's just not as consistent with aging. But tennis numbers are in decline. Similarly, it got me thinking, so I Googled things. And other activities I've taken part in over the years, there was a time when I played a lot of golf. When I was in law school, I was introduced to golf, and I started playing it quite heavily. Golf courses, they couldn't build them fast enough. Tiger Woods came on the scene. Golf got very popular. I was playing golf every weekend, and I had I was even considering getting a membership and taking lessons at one time, and eventually lost interest in golf. What does that mean? Was I alone? No. Googling it tells me flat out that golf got very popular at one time, and it is in decline now. It's just a declining activity, a declining sport. Similarly, bowling. Uh, when I was in high school, we went around. We didn't have an awful lot of opportunities. We'd go around and bowl on, on Friday night or something. I'd get together with my friends after school, and we go bowling. Had a great time. Or I look back at those days quite fondly. But the bowling alley where we used to get together and do that, that's not even in existence anymore. These days, I bowl once a year for a family birthday party. We get together and do it then. But bowling is not as common as it used to be. It's a declining sport. Guitar. I grew up playing guitar. I've been playing guitar since I was 12 years old. Today, there are fewer guitar manufacturers than there were when I was a kid. And Gibson Guitars, one of the premier they're one of the two biggest guitar manufacturers, oldest American guitar manufacturers. Uh, there's been some indication that they might go out of business. That's a really big deal. Has rock and roll died? Has guitar music died? It certainly is not what it was in the 80s. But it's just the way the world is. It's changing. People are less interested in devoting a significant amount of time to learning how to play a guitar. And it's not just things where you've got to invest time in learning things. Um, movies, right? There's been talk for the last 10 years where movie theaters are going out of business. Movies are becoming less popular. Movies are becoming less common because of video games, because people are playing video games. But I went online and looked, and even... Video games are changing and becoming, in some ways, less popular, less common. Console video games are being replaced by games that people play on their cell phones. The world is changing, and these activities are dwindling. They are diminishing. They are uh, Some of them are, are just going out of business, so to speak, like some movie theaters. Now, put this in perspective again. I don't think that means that golf is going to go away forever. There's way too many golf courses and too many people playing golf. It just peaked. It got really, really popular, and it's just becoming less popular. But that's just a common thing. It will always go up and down in popularity. Bowling may be hitting its least popular point in history in the last 50 to 75, maybe even 100 years or something. But is bowling going away? There are still bowling associations. There are still plenty of leagues. There are still people who talk about it, who are featured in our local newspapers, and there are still 
television competitions about bowling. There is plenty of guitar music being produced today. It has certainly changed, but I have tickets to go to a concert in June to go see one of my favorite rock bands, Kicks. I get to go see them in June. So it's alive and well. Movies continue to make more money than they've ever made before. There are some movies that are coming out now. seems like every year there's another movie that comes out that is the all-time greatest selling movie of all time. So I don't think movies are going away. They're changing. The way we consume them is different. We're streaming them on Netflix. We're going to the movie theater only for the biggest and best of the movies, perhaps. It's changing, but they're not going anywhere. They're not going away. And even my console video games, we still have that PlayStation 4 right here. We probably will buy a PlayStation 5. Who knows? My daughter still plays them. I don't play an awful lot of video games, but my daughter still plays them from time to time. Spends a lot of time on her phone, too. So, you know, but that's just how it is. I think when it comes to hunting, we have to put this in perspective. I do believe that hunting will continue. It is just evolving and changing. When we look back, when I look back, when I was a kid, hunting with a rifle was the only way to go. When I started hunting in the early 80s, there were almost no compound bow hunters around here. Now, I've been corrected by that. I did have a friend of mine come up to me, a coworker, come up to me and say, no, you're completely wrong on that. We were hunting with compound bows back in the early 80s. That's fine. You may have been, but I didn't know you then. <laughs> it was not part of my realm. It was not part of my conversations at school about hunting or anything like that. When we read magazines back then, it was not filled with bow hunting. Today, if I pick up Outdoor Life and read it um, and leaf through those pages, I will inevitably come across articles about bow hunting. That did not happen back in the nineteen early 1980s. There was just not a big contingency of that. It was not a common thing. The technology wasn't there, for one thing. And I think that that's consistent with why we see changes in video games, for example. The consoles were the way to go for the high-end video games back at the time, but now you can get some pretty high-end entertainment on your cell phone. So that's why things will evolve. Hunting is not immune from this and shouldn't be. We look at hunting, look how people got so upset when Pennsylvania shifted its Monday opener to a Saturday opener to accommodate more hunters. A lot of hunters were very upset by that because we changed the tradition. They were very upset by that. Well, that doesn't mean hunting's declining. That's not the end of hunting. That's just an evolution, a change in hunting. It's no different than the way that I've evolved from a kid that walked through the woods pushing deer out to older folks on the hedgerows when I was hunting back in the early 1980s doing deer drives. I've evolved into somebody who sits in a tree stand to try and ambush deer who don't even know I'm there. Don't even know the hunters are in the woods, hopefully. It's just changing. Just changing. Now, changing can be bad, okay? You got to roll with the punches. We got to evolve. Crossbow hunting, the general trend that we're looking at, and hopefully this continues, is toward more crossbow hunting, more opportunity, and not less. And hopefully that continues. There's a couple of things we've got to be very strong about here. We got to continue to work on New York to get them more crossbow freedom up there to make sure that the crossbow has equality with other archery weapons. And in Wisconsin, we got to make sure that they aren't allowed to dial back crossbow opportunity. It's going to take effort on our part to make sure that that sort of thing 
continues, that our successes continue. But another thing that might evolve out of this, when the article talks about how license sales diminish and therefore the money available for public lands diminishes, game commissions and departments of natural resources will be looking toward other opportunities to fund those public lands. Pennsylvania is buying more public land. It's adding to its wealth of public lands. We already have a lot of public lands. If you go on Google and just look at all the green on the, that map, right, on Google Earth or on Google Maps, it shows you where all the Pennsylvania state game lands are or the state-related lands are, and there's a lot of green on there. That's a wonderful thing, a great thing, especially for hunters. The problem is, is that they're adding all of this land at a time when they they got to spend money to add that land, but at a time when license sales are going down and they don't have the money from those license sales to pay for the adding of all that land. You can't do both. They got to find a way to fund the adding of all that land, to pay for all of that land, and to pay for all of the wildlife management that needs to be done on that land, and to pay for research and protection of species, that takes money. And they're adding land at the same time. We have heard from time to time, and this is a common debate in hunting circles, if you listen to other podcasts, read magazine articles, that sort of thing, the question about whether we should add licenses for things like hiking or bird watching that take place on state game lands. A lot of people go and hike on state game lands, maybe not a lot, but a few of them. A lot of people go bird watching. It's a great place to look for birds. But should we be adding licenses for that and charging the folks who use our state game lands for that purpose? On one hand, hunters say, yes, they, they're using those lands. They should pay for it. They should have to buy a license and pay for it. On the other hand, that concerns me a little bit because we're taking state game lands, lands that are for the preservation of game, wild game, a hunter's quarry. We're taking those state game lands and reworking them, repurposing them for hiking and bird watching and other activities, maybe mountain biking, for example. Look what this does. That concerns me because down the road, we have other people who will inject their beliefs about what the purpose of that land is. Will that remove hunter opportunity? Absolutely it will long term. There's no question about that. People on mountain bikes riding through state game lands are going to diminish hunting opportunity. There isn't a way to do both. People walking through and taking pictures of birds are going to cut back on hunter opportunity. I get that we have to share the woods with other folks. I totally get that. But if you start making them put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, you're going to be giving them a pretty good of incentive to start telling you what they think should be done. Would we ever get to the point where more people are saying, look, let's get rid of the hunting and just have the bird watching? I don't know. Hopefully that's way down the road. But one of the things that I want to point out is that the Pennsylvania Game Commission has started to rename game lands. A recent article, Pennsylvania Outdoor News, points out that the game land from now on when they're replacing signs at the Pennsylvania State Game Lands, they're going to start replacing those signs to read wildlife management areas. 
instead of game lands. Wildlife management areas. Now, why are they doing that? They say, representatives of the Game Commission say, it's because people are confused about the word game lands. They don't understand what wild game is. Rather than educate people about what game is, about what this ancient concept is, about important, how important it has been for generations of Pennsylvanians, rather than educate them about the term game, they're just going to rename them wildlife management areas. And that way we are now shifting. Think about what this does. We are shifting the purpose of these lands to wildlife management areas where everyone can go and enjoy wildlife. Not where hunters go and chase their game, but instead where wildlife can be managed for the benefit of all Pennsylvanians. Think about that for a minute. What does that mean long-term for the future of hunting? Just some food for thought. I'm not gonna tell you one way or another what I think about it, but I am concerned and I hope you will take that into account as well. Thank you for listening to this. We're talking about hunter licenses in decline. The gist of this podcast was that hunter license sales in decline is not necessarily the end of hunting. We've got lots and lots and lots of hunting left to do. But it's changing. And we have to keep a vigilant eye out to make sure it's changing for the better. That's all I have for you on this podcast. I look forward to hearing your thoughts, questions, that sort of thing on deathbybungie.com. You can send me an email off the contact form there or leave me a voicemail off the website as well. Thank you very much. And until next time, all hail Bungie. Bungie. <laughs>